Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast where we've got a lot to get through. We're going to be looking back on our disappointing results, uh, 2-0 defeat to Chelsea in the extra time segment. That's going to be hosted by Thomas Robertson and Paul McAllister. Uh, then it'll be myself, along with Steve Hornby and Tom Long. We're going to be doing the match preview for Everton versus Burnley, which is coming up at the weekend, and then we'll be finishing off by having the classic quiz where Steve We'll be up against Tom. Tom will be making his debut in the Toffee Blues quiz. So, loads to look forward to. We'll get straight into it and we'll hand it over to Thomas for the extra time. My name's Thomas, joined today by Paul McAllister. We're going to be giving our extra time reaction to our away loss to Chelsea last night. The match finished 2 0. It wasn't the most high quality of games, of course. We knew we were going to have to sit off a lot. We were missing a couple of key players with Abdullah Decoria missing, James Rodriguez, the likes of that. We knew it was going to be a struggle. Uh, Paul, I'll let you start. What, what were your initial reactions to the game? Watching it, I don't think there was an awful lot to criticise. I mean, I wasn't very annoyed as I was watching it live. It was more just like, oh, why, why has it got to go like that? Do you know what I mean? It was more like just a... Not even a disappointment, more just a bit frustrating because of course he did an awful lot right. I think Carlo got the tactics spot on. I thought the players that we had available executed the game plan as best as they possibly could. Um and the goals that we conceded, one was just a very unlucky deflection, and the other one was a penalty that yeah, Pickford was at fault for giving away, but he more than redeems himself by making four or five world-class saves after the penalty. So frustrating, but um, that was one of the two games between now and the end of the season that I essentially wrote off beforehand. Chelsea away and Man City away because Man City are Man City. They're going to win the league by an absolute country mile. And Chelsea away because we've got such a bad record there and like, we had injury problems and they're in they're the best form that they've been in for absolutely as long as I can remember, essentially. So, yeah, disappointed and frustrated, but not angry and not critical of anybody, really, other than maybe one player who I'll come to in a minute. Yeah, yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, Tuchel's got them, you know, in, in really fine form. And it, I, th- I was slightly more frustrated the first half than the second half because we knew we were going to have less of the ball. But even when we, were, even when we won it back in the first half, I, f- I felt we could have used it better at times. We grew into the game a bit more. Uh, there was that chance towards the end of the first half, which uh, a cross came in. I think Dimier's delivery could have been a bit better at times. We kind of rely on that if we're going to play the way that we are. And I think I think there were moments where we we definitely could have improved on the ball, but the the high press that the Tuchel's got them playing, we clearly just couldn't really handle in the first half. Defensively, we could handle it. Don't get me wrong, but as soon as we had the ball, it was going straight up and it was coming back again. But their, their two goals, slightly lucky. I mean, Havertz's goal, I don't even think it was going off uh, on target because I think it's been given to Godfrey as an own goal in the end. Nothing Godfrey can even do about that. However, uh, I, th- I, th- I presume the player that you're about to mention, obviously Mason Holgate, looks slightly out of position for that one. He kind of allowed. Um, Alonso in between a Wobi, he kind of wandered up the pitch a bit. There's a lot of debate about whether it was a Wobi's fault or Holgate's fault, but what did you make of the first goal? 
Um, Holgate was at fault. I mean, he wasn't the player I was referring to a minute ago, but I think he takes the blame for that one. He was pulled too far in field. He looked like he was sitting in a number six position when he was meant to be out wide, covering a fullback. But again, we've got injuries, haven't we? He's not a fullback naturally. It's not where he's going to be playing long term, hopefully. So it's sort of easy to forgive because it's needs must, isn't it? We all know Holgate himself doesn't want to be playing it right back. He's just doing the job as best he can. And unfortunately, one mistake, I think, over the course of 90 against Chelsea at, at, at Stamford Bridge, I don't think there's too much you can really pile on about. But yeah, the first goal was disappointing. But I think if that goal that doesn't deflect off Godfrey and go in the back of the net, I don't think anyone even highlights what Holgate did afterwards. I think the only reason it's stuck in people's minds is because it resulted in a goal in the end. Mm. Uh, who was the player you were going to mention then? I Wobi. I thought Wobi yeah. was de- desperately poor. I mean, he, I think he, he showed one or two good touches in the, the latter stage of the first half. I think he brought the ball down really well in Chelsea's box when I think it might have been Gomez who took the shot in the end. Probably had our first shot on target in the game. I thought Wobi did really well to create the space and um, lay it off to him. But I thought overall he was really, really poor and... It's just a story with a Wobie, isn't it? I think there's a talented player there, but he just does not play well anywhere near enough enough that is uh, for his, to justify his place, really, in the team. Mm. I think a player of his natural ability, which I think he's absolutely got, a player of his talent should be performing better, whether he's on the wing or whether he's somewhere else in the team, a lot more than he does. I just don't think a Wobie is cut out for Everton. I really don't. And I can see us part and company in the summer, maybe. Yeah, I really don't think he was brilliant last night, and yeah, he's just he's had flashes of mo- he's, you know he's had flashes of brilliance this season, and that's made people think has he improved as a player? I think yes, he's improved, but he's not shown it consistently enough for me, and he really just didn't get involved in the game yesterday. And surely in that position, I, I'd personally prefer to see someone like Josh King who could come in. Obviously, we signed him in January, hasn't really got his you know his foot in the door yet, been making a couple of appearances. But thing is with Alex Awobi as well, and I'll just read this out. He put this on a story last night. Always an honour to get a call up from our national team. Hopefully I get to play in my preferred position. It's an interesting thing. I mean, if we take that on phase five, it's an interesting thing to, to take a swipe at Carlo Ancelotti for that. Uh, what, what did you make of that post? He's not helping himself when he posts things like that. I know our fan base can be very easy to fly off the handle and read too much into things, but I will be, mate. You can't be posting things like that because you surely you know that coming off a defeat like you, you did last night and a poor performance like you did last night, you post something like that fans are going to get on your back over it. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be clever than that, Alex, mate. But if Carl Angelotti ever tells you to play in goal, he should do it, quite frankly. He's not a number 10 in this Everton team because he's never played there in the two and a half years he's been here. You can't surely think he's going to be playing number 10 any time in the future for Everton. So I don't know what he was hoping to achieve by posting that. I really don't, to be honest. I just think it was a young player who was a bit brainless putting something out there thinking that it's harmless when in in reality he's actually giving fans a bit more of an insight than he probably meant to. So, not in personal against the Wolby. I don't dislike him anywhere near as much as I dislike certain other players in the team. And I do understand why Angelotti wants to um, keep using him because clearly he can see the talent there and he wants to try and nurture it. But I think playing him last night in the, on the wing, I play like a Wolby who just wants so many touches on the ball and doesn't particularly dribble very fast and doesn't carry the ball upfield and link up with players at rapid speed like the likes of um, Richarlison can. 
I just think it was a bit of a bad selection. We had other players in the team who didn't suit playing against Chelsea's high press, but needs must. We have we've got injuries in the midfield area. I think we could have, as you said, played someone else out wide, and we'd have got much more out of them last night. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a quite a poor performance from him. And but uh, you know, we, we've spoken about Holgate there being opposition, and it will be. But we mentioned Pickford at the start as well, who's on an absolutely brilliant run of form. Of course, he did give, give away that penalty. The debate whether he should have come out for it or not. I mean, you know, who really knows? But it's that. He's he, he pulling off these brilliant saves time and time again, and obviously it could have been worse last night if he, you know, if he wasn't in the positions he was in. So, what, what, what have you made of him? Well, last night and you know more recently in general. It just comes back to what that this one way that everyone uses to describe Jordan Pickford, and it's absolutely spot on. It's erratic. That's the way to describe him. With he's either all the way up here, same as his performances, or he's all the way down here. He can't just find a happy medium. He can't find consistent. 7 out of 10s, it's either an 8 or a 9 or a 10 out of 10, or it's a 1 or a 2 or a 3, at best. I just, I mean, it's, everyone wants to give this lad the benefit of the doubt so much, because we can see how good he can be when he's playing well, and he has a game like that, and we've seen them for England a few times, and here and there over the last couple of seasons. Jordan Pickford is a talented goalkeeper, and he's proven it enough now to basically dispel this idea that he's absolutely useless and no one would ever want him to take him off us. I really think if we decided we didn't want Jordan Pickford, we could move him on somewhere and get some money. But if he wants to be the Everton number one long term, he's got to find some level of consistency. And there's no good being great for one game and then going back to being terrible again the next week, is there? So I just really want Jordan Pickford to just knuckle down and just start playing, not even fantastically well, just start playing decently for a long stretch of time. There's no point, as I said a minute ago, on a couple of good games here and there and then going bad again. Just have a nice, long six six to 12 months where there's no reason for anyone to get on your back. That's all you've got to do. And I think it's well within his capability and hopefully he proves me right. Yeah, like I, I'm more than happy for him to be on the, the run that he's on, but I agree. I'd rather have you know every game at a decent level than some games at a brilliant level and some games not. But Ancelotti clearly likes him a lot as well because you know when Olsen's come in, or, you know, when Pickford was injured, you know, he came straight back into the team, despite Olsen, you know, playing very well in those those games that he had to debutise. So it's clear that Ancelotti likes him a lot, and you can see why he's a very talented goalkeeper. Uh, and I, I think the club are probably just going to hang on to them for, for the next few years. There was a lot of debate around, are we just going to need to invest in a more solid number one? I think that debate is going to have to be pushed towards the end of the season again now, because he, he has these moments again. And we, 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 we toss and turn a lot, whether it's, you know, do we are we just saying this because he's performing really well now? But you know he has these moments. But I think it'll just get to a point where we have to accept he has these moments because when he is brilliant like this, you know he, he is a really good player. And so something I think is really important to focus on from last night as well is his squad depth. We knew going into the game we, for the for the past couple of matches our benches have kind of been made up of academy players with you know Josh King and Bernard maybe on there. And quote from Ancelotti after the game that. Uh, the game that we planned was what we got for 30 minutes, but we have to be honest, we are not the same level. We cannot play an open game against this kind of team. We will be there until the last game, no tragedy. Uh, and, and that's very true. And it's Ancelotti admitting that if we have our full, you know, our best 11, we can, we could compete with Chelsea. But we're, with injuries, that, that's where we completely lose out. And in this season where every single team is getting a lot of injuries, you know, there's, there's no one safe from this pretty much. It, it's teams like ourselves that are really struggling. So, it was like last night when when Kante came on with about ten minutes to go. It's it's it really is quite a quite a difficult ask for us. And Pulisic was coming off the bench as well. It's you know frightening the depth that those clubs have, and that that that's the reality we have to face. And 
I'm glad there wasn't too much meltdown last night because I think it's something we kind of all expected when we have that kind of weak side. It'd be brilliant if we could get a result. Of course, that would help us a lot. But and I'm sure you agree with me here. It's, it's by no means the, the end of the season from that result, which only a few people mentioned it, but it's absolutely not. No, no, I agree with you. Um, there's still a lot to play for and there's still a lot more to be positive about than be negative about with the 17 team. We are still very early into a project and... We could we couldn't ask for to be fair. We couldn't realistically be expect to be expect to be further along than we are at this stage. And Angelotti's first full season, we've gone from being essentially a bottom half side like we were under Marco Silva. Mm. We were we finished safe under Marco Silva in his first season and probably had no right finishing there. And we looked like we were going to be finishing near the relegation places before we sacked him. We were a bottom half side before Carlo Angelotti came in, and he's dragged us all the way up into the top eight at least. I don't think we're going to finish outside the top eight now, but probably not even the top seven. The top four, I think last night's proved that it's just, it's just too far beyond us in, in this the first season. We'd love it if we got it. You can always hope. It's not mathematically impossible just yet. Maybe luck will go our way and um, Chelsea will lose some games and West Ham will fall away, but I don't think we're going to overhaul Chelsea. I think last night just proved that they're too far ahead of us. Like as Carlo said, they've got too many great players, squad in depth. We're not far along enough yet in our project. I still think we can finish above West Ham and that should be the goal now. Finishing above the likes of West Ham and the likes of Tottenham and the likes of Liverpool. We can finish above all of them, even with the squad depth we've got. Um, I really think we can get fifth. And if we can get fifth place and fingers crossed that cup in the FA Cup, then that would be a brilliant season. But even just fifth place in Angelotti's first season, European football, that would be an absolute pass grade. That would be a solid B plus, A minus. You can't ask for more than that, really. So I'm more than happy to just aim on or just concentrate on getting fifth place between now and the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, top four would be great. I mean, Leicester might drop away. They, they, they are patchy form like we do. Just looking at the table now, Leicester on 53, Chelsea in fourth on 50. West Ham obviously climbed above us last night after beating Leeds. Uh, they've got 48, but have a game in hand on Chelsea. And we've got 46 with a game in hand on Chelsea. So mathematically, as he said, absolutely possible. But I think that squad depth we will really begin to show in, the, in these last 10 or 11 games for most. So, yeah, t- top five, I think fifth has, has to be the priority now. And, it's, you know, it's absolutely achievable. So that, that's pretty much all we've got time for uh, in this video today. But kind of just in, in summary, Paul, what, what have you got to say about last night? Disappointing, but... Not surprising, and I think everybody should still be behind what we're doing and not uh, be too much into it. It's a shame that we're going to miss, be missing to Corey. You just think, what could we have done this season if we had everyone in the squad fit for a prolonged period? But it always seems when one goes down, we lose we lose someone else. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Chelsea, they're a team I think could be dark horse for the Champions League now because they've got an absolutely unbelievable squad of players with a manager who actually knows what he's doing. So it was always going to be a hard ask to beat them last night and it was going to be a hard ask to finish above them at this early into Carlo's tenure so yeah disappointing but let's just move on and focus on the next game against Burnley and the cup game after that Welcome to the match preview segment Everton versus Burnley coming up at the weekend I'm joined by Steve Hornby and a very warm welcome for the first time on the Toffee Blues to Tom Long. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing? Yes, Army. Yeah, could have been better after Chelsea, but you know, what can you do? So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome, mate. I bet you wish you made your debut two weeks ago, right after the derby or something, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, well, that wasn't a bad one, was it? <laughs> you got sometimes you just got to take you know take them as they come, haven't you? You know, we've had three wins on the spin, and then this has happened. It's not great, but you, you know, can't win every game. We're not Man City. But, um, <laughs> uh, say that I think they're drawing at the moment, but uh, as we speak. But anyway, we're going to be looking ahead to the Everton versus Burnley fixture. I'll start with you on this one. Tom, how do you feel going into this off the back of what we witnessed on Monday night and in the games beforehand that we did win? Uh, how do you feel going yeah. into this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think fans have just got to like sort of scratch that Chelsea game off. Really, I mean, we went into it didn't really expect anything from it from. A, from my point of view anyway, um, I didn't necessarily think we got played off the park and what people thought we did. I didn't really think necessarily, I thought we sort of made our own issues really. I mean, few individual errors really, but yeah, I mean, Burnley are a good side. I mean, I think they've gone, they've only been beat uh, in the last six games once. So I think in terms of that, I think they're a, they're a tough side. I mean, you, we've we've seen it every season what they what they can do. They just sit back, low block, and then hopefully get the two big lads up front, don't they? So yeah, I mean, listen, if if the core was in, then I'd be I'll be very very confident. But we see when we we see what the type of team sort of lacks when um, he's not in the side. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very much on the same page as you there, Tom. Where I've I said after the Chelsea game that. I wasn't gutted because we lost to Chelsea. I'm more worried about how we'll fare moving forward without Decore. I think that's as big a loss as we've had all season. I think that's like, I know Alan, we've had out for a couple of spells and we've had obviously Hamez out for a while, but I think Decore is a crucial player for this team. I think he's a player we can ill afford to like have out for a long period. Yeah, yeah, I think. See what it what it is. It's not necessarily what he like does on the ball. It's necessarily what he does off it. It's his positional play. It's his it's his work rate. It's sort of he sort of gets other people out of um, out of bad situations. There, you know, you you look at Davies and you look at Allen. They're not necessarily like uh, in terms of covering the ground very well, are they? So I think that's what he brings. And when you do look at the side, I think he's the only player necessarily in the team that can do that specific role. Yeah, I think we've heard the term like water carrier. He's definitely our water carrier, and I don't think he anyone can replicate that role. As I think we've got Tom Davis has got the aggression and you know the drive to get forward, but he hasn't got the physicality as a core. Alan is too short, probably not as quick either. So you know he's down a little bit in that element, and also of course Andre Gomez has the physicality, but doesn't seem to have the mental side of it, and. You know, Sigurdsson isn't a defensive midfielder, so he should never be playing there, whatever way you look at it. So, you know, we are kind of short in personnel. We haven't really got an out-and-out replacement for the core, eh? and that's my concern. No, yeah, I think, like, when I do look at it, I think I think in terms of what we've, we've tried, we've tried Gomez in that position, we've tried others in that position. I mean... I was speaking. I was speaking before with a few few of my mates, and all. I was uh, I was suggesting like, in terms of looking at Bernie and the way they set up and that, I couldn't really see them overrunning us in the midfield. So why not try on Yango in there? I mean, he's been he's been on the bench. He's 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 had the odd wait, brief appearance, hasn't he, off the bench? Well, yeah, he, he's been saying and but when but when when I've watched him in the under twenty threes, he seems like he's in second gear. 
for sure, it's just the way I see it. I mean, he's totally above that level. So I see him in terms of when, listen, a lot of people start to say he's not ready and all that, but we've seen it with other young lads. We, we never necessarily thought Davies was ready or Kenny to a certain point was ready. You know what I mean? You've got to give these lads some chances. And when you're sort of flogging a dead horse in the sense of putting Gomez or anyone else for that matter in that position, I mean, why not try um, you're saying about you know, Davis and Kenny being ready and whatnot, but you look at the build of Davis and Kenny, on Yango who seems physically a lot more developed than they were at that age. Oh no, 100%. He's six foot three. He's, he's, so we're talking very... more of a Calvert-Lewin style the physique, which I think you he... need to have an element of added to your game if you're going to make it in the Premier League nowadays. It's such a physically intense league. Well, when, when you're 17, 18... Them, them, them lads seem to sort of come to the forefront when they step up to Premier in terms of you look at it like Dal, you've looked at it um, Ryan Ledson as well. They, they just haven't been physically ready. Now you look at him and he's he's totally physically ready for the Premier League in my opinion. So I, th- I think he's the only say he's the only one there that I look at and think he could he could certainly bring what Decore brings. Not in terms of like that level, but it won't be that a experience, massive, obviously. But it's not going to be a massive drop off in terms of intensity and in terms of how we press teams and things like that. When you've got Sigurdsson or Gomez playing that role, yeah, and neither of them, Sigurdsson should never be in a deep role. Gomez likes to play deep, but he hasn't got the physicality to be box to box. I don't really want to slander him, Gomez, but he's not really having the best of seasons, in my opinion. I mean. He's just very easily play playable against. I mean, you can see things like that, and people can suggest like always oh, interception. It's all around, but you, you go look at it. How many times he gets dribbled past? It's yeah. It's I think I remember the, the, there was the damning statistic, wasn't there? Where uh, I think it was Decore, Capoue, and Will Hughes for Watford last season, and between them, they've all been dribbled past as a group less than Gomez. And I think that was a Watford team that got relegated. And that says yeah. a lot about Andre Gomez and his. Poor offensive attributes, anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're not a, we're not an attacking side. Like you need players who are going to come in and be very well, sort of very well in terms of fitting into a system and very well defensively. So I don't necessarily get it with Gomez myself. I mean, he must be outstanding, the same as him and training with it Sigurds, and he must be absolutely on, brilliant. You know what I mean? On that note, Tom, actually, there's like a live training session or something being streamed on YouTube as well, or. You know, a yeah, lot. I did watch it. Oh, you've seen some of it. So it, it, it'll help myself. People answer a few questions about what people do in training or whatever. But Stephen, I'll come to you, mate. I'm just gonna. What would you do with the midfield in the absence of the core? What personnel would you go with for the midfield for the Burnley game? Uh, I mean, that that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Really, James, just like missing out to like the core is massive, and he, I'd, I'd argue he's been our player of the season. Um, Not and, far I, off. and I want to. Yeah, and I, and I want to welcome uh, Tom to the channel as well. Uh, it's nice to see some new faces every now and then. So definitely. Um, but but you know it's 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 such a hard question when uh, watching Gomez against Chelsea. The guy's just I think he, he's one of the slowest players I've seen play for Everton, which is it's really sad to see because in the loan spell he had, he was fantastic, and it seems like the injuries really done him. Um, but you know. Missing the core, I obviously I'd like to see Davis come in. He's had a bit of a rest and he was in some good form before uh, obviously 
you know, he, he had a, a bit of a spell out for the team recently, hasn't he, with, with Hammers. But, um, you know, I'd like to see Davis come into the team. Maybe Carlo's planning on playing a bit. You know, he does like to overload the midfield. But as you said, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure Burnley are going to outplay us in midfield. So maybe we could get away with, with two in there instead of three. We do like playing quite a few centre midfielders this season. The Sigurdsson, Gomez, Davis, Alan. There's, there's a lot of them. So I, I, I would like to see us maybe change the shape a little bit. Maybe maybe go with just two. Maybe uh, start Sigurdsson. Maybe start uh, Davis as well. But I think Alan has to stay in the team as well. So I think there is definitely options there. I would start Alan. I would start Davis as well. And Mr. Decore is a big one. But I've got faith that we can play around it but yeah, obviously you can't under, you can't underestimate how big a miss it is really James No I, I'm definitely of that belief myself I think Decore is a massive blow to lose him uh, we've got to hope he's back as quickly as possible hopefully maybe after the international break it may well be the cage but we'll have to wait and see in terms of the rest of the team Steve who would you go with in terms of personnel would you, you know, keep keep the two up top would you Maybe tweak the formation um, for this one. You know, barely... I definitely, I definitely keep the two, the two up front, uh, because I think Calvert Lewin's due a good game, uh, and I think he he may well get it here against Burnley. Uh, I think Richarlison's got the beating of, of some of you know some of the players in that Burnley team, so I would like to see those two stay up top. Um, maybe drop Mason Holgate out the side, or or maybe go to. Maybe change the formation a little bit and and play Coleman in in the role that Awobi had the other night at Chelsea. But I don't know if if we're saving that for away games. Um, but after Seamus Coleman's performance in the derby, I think maybe and I and I you know on on the live streams that we've been doing, I was firmly in the Coleman's finish camp. But after that performance at, at against Liverpool, I think there is a role a more attacking role for him in the team as long as he doesn't have to do too much tracking back or something like that. So I'd like to see him stay in the team. Michael Keaton's been brilliant as well against his former club. Love to see him get a chance. Jordan Pickford as well. Uh, he's had a really good run of games as well. So Pickford, I would definitely obviously keep him in the team. Keen, Godfrey has to stay in the team for me. If we're going to keep those two as the full-backs, with Luke, as the centre-back, sorry, with Luca Dean on the left. Um, I don't really think we need to be too defensive. So I'm going to just throw Seamus Coleman on as, as my right back for, for the game. Uh, maybe like, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's not the sort of game where we're going to have to sit back and, and hit them on the counter attack because uh, we know how well set up Burnley are and they'll look to grab a goal and they'll look to, you know, defend really well, stay stay sharp and stay in, in, their, in their shape. So we definitely need players who can get past that. And I think uh, definitely having Coleman in there would be better for the likes of the Charlton and Calvert Lewin over yeah, someone like the Wolves. Hol- Holgate's yeah, been seen this season. Over- he's not cut out to yeah, provide right service back. from the flanks. Yeah, he's not a right back, mate. Um, I'd like to see Allen and Davis, uh, maybe one of them deep, because I think two centre defensive mids at home is a bit unneeded. Um, with when it comes to Gomez, I would drop him out the team. I don't agree with with putting on Yango straight in there because. I think Evertonians have got a knack of, of these young players coming into the team and we're immediately judging them. So I'd like to see him maybe get a few more sub-appearances and maybe go out on loan before he's, he's really comes into the side. But then again, Carlo does like to favour youth at times. You know, we've seen it on the bench a lot this season. Um, but I'd like Davis in there, Alan in there, 
Uh, I'm not sure on the fitness of Hammers. I don't. I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not. Uh, uh, but though, I don't. I don't think I, I was. We were. I was watching briefly the training the video. I, I didn't notice him. Yeah, Tom. I. I. I had a, like a brief watch of it, only a very little one, and yeah, I couldn't just see him. No, neither could I, mate. And uh, maybe it's time for Sigurdsson to come into that that role in the number ten again. Uh, you know, we we know that he struggled to play in the same team together, don't be Sigurdsson and Rodriguez, but. I think you know at times he, he does have the, the the capability to just put a good ball on a plate for one of the strikers. So I'd like to see him in the team. Um, and I'm not sure if we're going to go with with wingers or we're just going to keep it narrow in this game. But uh, I wouldn't make too many changes from Chelsea because, as Tom said, I don't think we played that bad. I think we were just playing a really good team. Yeah, they're a very good you team, know, very good side. Yeah, and our squad depth was was obviously very. Uh, was, was obvious in that game that, that for where we need to improve in the summer, you know, they can bring on players like Pulisic and stuff like that. And we just don't have that capability. We we only had really Josh King and Bernardo with our two two substitute options. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't change it too much because I think Carl's got the, got the definitely, we're definitely capable of getting three points here. James, 100%. I think it just comes down to the home form again with us, us playing these teams and, and you know, and Southampton was a promising one as well because playing these teams at home and believing that it's not a given that we're going to get the three points we need to go out and we need to play our best football because no easy games in this league um, and the most important thing is to play your best football because there's 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 no games in the in the league this season where you go that's three points that's a banker that isn't simple as No I think especially the ambiguity that's been brought into it by the lack of fans is definitely Major, not nothing's set in stone, and you're, not, you're never necessarily 100% confident. And you shouldn't be, I don't think, in this league. You know, there's, there's no, like you say, there's no easy games. There's not going to be any, like, you're not going to walk over teams comfortably unless you're like, no, you're, unless you're like Man City and you're going to like, you've got like subs benches with, with entire first 11s on them. Like, you're not going to do it. But yeah. yeah. But uh, Tom, I was going to ask, uh, obviously, with, with the Burnley game, it requires a bit of a tactical reshuffle, I'd say, from Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea are going to run us around a lot. Do you expect Burnley to do what Burnley do best and sit in? Because I know when we, we played them, didn't we, in December, and they pressed us a bit, which caught me off guard a little. But is that something you expect to see at Goodison? Yeah, maybe, but Everton have got a really good record against Burnley. So, I, I think... Um... I think in terms of look, uh, deciding what like system, it's it's going to be with three, and it's going to be like a four four two, a, a diamond shape, or then you're going to have to, a, a, a three flat, a flat three in midfield. So, I think in terms of what we need and what we're missing with Decore, maybe it's best to just go like four four two and try and match them. In terms of putting, uh, it, it depends as well. I see Mina in the team, so I think he could be potentially back. Um, so probably like on the bench, I'd imagine. Well, if not, if he is in, if he is in, um, injured or he's ready, I'd more nappy bring him back in. I think that our best uh, centre half partnerships, Keenan, Keenan Mina, and I'd like and I'd put Godfrey uh, the left back, and then I'd throw a uh, Dean left mid, and then I, I think, I think personally, I think uh, I will be had a shocker against Chelsea. Yeah, he was wretched. He was wretched. It, it was probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a in an Everton shirt. Uh, that's a bit. I mean, I'll be honest. I think that's a little bit outlandish. I don't oh no, was... he was. No, no, it was it, it, it's it was absolute schoolboy that that defending what he done. I think I, I personally I, I didn't really like. I only just about seen it on the um, 
on the first goal. But when when they panned out, I thought he was totally out of position. I thought it was quite evident. I mean, our our centre halves and our players go press. They go press. They sort of play a man man mark consistent from the back. So you'd assume a will be to fit it. And he was just in no man's land. He didn't know where to be, where to do. So then the next time you'd, you'd assume that he would learn from that. And then there was a time where Alonso just absolutely made the run on him. And he was caught. That went quick and made the save. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it could have went through, could have went through and he'll stay away. So I, th- I think he's gone totally off the boil, um, I, will be. I wouldn't necessarily play him on the wing anymore. I mean, we were talking about number 10s and that. That's, that's where I'd want to see him. I, he, he sort of suits that he, he, his style of play anyway. But um, he did put yeah, that I, tweet up, didn't he? Or the Instagram post about he wanted to. Hopefully, I'll get to play a preferred position. I think he was referring to Nigeria there, but obviously yeah. the same would probably go for him at Everton. That he's rather be playing in number number ten role. Well, no, I think I think he I think he's right to be honest with you in that in that sense because we do lack them that sort of progressive runner with the ball in midfield. Where yeah, Tigerton has been has been in good form really over the last few games and. James Rodriguez is a certain type of player who finds space in that, but we, we don't necessarily have that player from midfield path from the corner mm-hmm. who can progress and then create in the final third and find space. So, yeah, I mean, that, that could be an option. But this, I'd like to see uh, what Josh King's all about. I mean, we, we signed him for a reason, so I, I think we should play him. I mean, I think I think he should be above Bernard in, in the in the uh, thing. I think I will be obviously performance from Chelsea should uh, at least deserve a chance against Burnley. So, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see a show to go toe-to-toe and see like Davies and Allen in the midfield, put King on the right and then try what, I've, what I actually want to see is Richarlison and uh, Calvert-Lewin up front together. Interesting. It's a set, so what sort of formation are you thinking of there, Tom? 4-4-2. Who you on the left 4-4-2. end? You'd have Godfrey. If me, if Mina... If mean, oh, do you mean left mid? Left mid, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Dean. I'd have Dean left mid. I, I think he, I think you're looking at, if, if you're going to look at Coleman being right mid, then I'd much prefer Dean going left mid and putting King on the right wing. Interesting. Could, could, could just completely shuffle it around and have King on the left, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but he, he seems to prefer him every time he comes on. He seems to put him on the right, doesn't he? So I'm just trying to assume what. Carlo uh, Ancelotti would do really so. Yeah, I, I keep. I, I think. I think our best defensive is. Is I know. I understand the the sort of going forward side of Holgate. Um, Holgate's game, but I think he's better. I think he's the best right back we've got at the club. Uh, to be honest with you, I think. I think you're right in terms of Coleman. He he's not finished in in certain and other terms, but I can't see him being. Uh, going 10, 5 games run, running streak. So, Holgate's tired and tested. I mean, you've just got to um, sort of deal with the fact that he, he's not going to attack. And this is why I think King would be better in front of Holgate because then he'd just, he'd just be allowed to go stay up front. But well, I think what Steve's getting up there is that obviously Burnley and their nature is to sit in. You're looking for a more attack-minded right-back to get forward and Maybe probe the low block better than a, a I mean, player like Holgate who struggles to uh, provide good service. How, how many times this season have we gone against teams who we think that we can go and play attack and football against and get turned over? You've seen it: West Ham, Fulham, Newcastle, 
we've tried it. We're just not a very good attacking football team. We're more work rate and we do people in and we grind get uh, teams to the ground with with a uh, work rate. So, I, I I'd, I'd be I'd be worried if we try and go and play them off the park because I feel like that'll just hand them hand them a game. Yeah, but to be fair, I did tell I did say that I thought we should have done that against West Brom and we made our we did we made hard work of it then. So you know maybe it is the the order of the day probably for the rest of the season to get. Just do ever whatever it takes to get results. Would you go with a four four two then to try and do that? Yeah, yeah, eleven one nil wins. I'll have from the now till the end of the season. That'll do me. I won't complain. Uh, Steve, <laughs> what formation would you go with personnel as well? Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I think uh, I would like to see Josh King. I agree with Tom there, but if Richardson and Carbot Lewin are fit, he's not. He's not going to be an option at striker. Um, maybe I mean we are we are stuck for players, aren't we? And one of the things about Carlo Ancelotti is you can never predict his, his starting lineup, James. Can you? It's always there's always some sort of surprise in there. So, uh, I, I I do agree with maybe the, the dean at left mid, similar to Tom. Uh, I'd like to see just some delivery into the box because that's been for me the main the main sticking point in the last few games is the delivery into the box from it will be. Holgate, uh, it's just been awful. So maybe sticking with the maybe going back to the four centre backs, James, because you know the, those four did play pretty well. Um, but then again, I would like to see Coleman there. I'd like to see Dean on the left wing. Maybe go with two centre mids. Uh, I'd like to see Alan and Davis play together. Um, maybe put Coleman on the on the right mid if Dean's going to play left mid. Uh, and Richardson well, and give them a free roll and sort of go forward and get crosses in. Yeah, because I know uh, Tom's saying there about attacking-wise, we haven't been very good this season. We're, we're not very good at you know scoring a lot of goals, but if we're going to get a goal from anywhere against the Burnley team that's so well-organised, you have to take a risk. Unless we want to finish the game nil-nil, I don't think you can play you know the likes of, of Mason Holgate and leave Coleman out or you know play players that aren't really going to get forward. So I do think we need the attack and prowess. If we, even if we're just going to get a goal and sit back as... as Tom said I'd take 11 1-0 wins, but um, I'm very much in the camp as, as uh, Owen as well, who, who's often on the show with us. James is that. He, he loves the way Burnley play. He likes to see loves teams to sit in. And, results, yeah. But I think that's I'm the like thing. That. And, yeah. I think for me, is, the big... Is, sorry, is, is Coleman fit? Is Coleman going to be fit for Saturday? This is actually a very good point. Is Coleman even fit? Yeah. It's it's not a well you know he hasn't I don't think he's played since the derby has he yeah so, he got, he got yeah. announced as injured at the same time as Hammers Hammers is still out of ah, course right because ah, well, we'll, we'll Ancel- Ancelotti's very good at that very good at saying mm-hmm. yeah I mean Kababan's been coming back since November you know what I mean so he's he's very good at sort of keeping his cards close to his chest in that case, in that uh, situation so it's not. Again, I, the, the training thing, I didn't even see Coleman. I can't even remember seeing him. So, unless he is fit, then, yeah, I mean, would you, would you put him straight back in? Oh, it's, I don't know. It's a tough one because, like you say, Steve's right. I mean, who have we really got? I mean, yeah, we are wearing a bit thin, aren't we? When you, when yeah, you break the down the squad and what you've got available. That's the problem, Tom. It's who's actually fit and who's actually going to play because there's never really been... Okay, this is going to be our eleven this season. So you struggle to get used to what players are going to be playing in what in what positions and who's going to be playing where. So 
it's hard to say this is going to be my right midfielder and this is going to be my left midfielder because I don't know, anyone can play in any position this season. It's weird. And it was you know, we've seen it with the diamonds and um and you know, having those three centimeters in a diamond and at like a four-four-two. But you know, I, I just don't I think we need more width in this game. I think there's a chance for us to get the ball in the box and get Calvert Lewin ahead or have a, a chance for sort of Charleston on the edge of the box or something. I think that's where our goal's gonna come from, unless it's a, a free kick or a penalty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think the important thing to remember is obviously like Burnley can often play for nil-nils in what their ambitions are for the season, whereas we can play low block, but we need to be doing it at a goal, goal to the goals. We need to get the goal first yeah. and then defend it. I do think we are a really good team when it comes to defending. I think we're, we're good at sitting in and we're good at defending a lead. And Often when we go 1-0 up, we don't get feel, beat. So. Yeah, I feel confident that we'll win the game. But yeah, we need to you know, get that first goal. We need to go above to the goal. <laughs> do you, yeah, you're that confident. I mean, this season, I, I think it's just like you just uh, you would not be surprised if we we draw nil nil. You you just wouldn't be surprised in it the way this season's going. You just wouldn't. Yeah. But like, I, I just to pick on what Steve's saying about width and that. Maybe in terms of when you think about it, where you want Coleman and Dean in it. Maybe maybe these sorts of, as I say, not play three at the back, but sort of drop. Davies in that little hole and let him sit a bit to sort it yeah. and then you've got Coleman and Dean pushing on where you're allowed where you can afford to. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. and then I would I, I would then just put uh, Mina on the bench and have Keane and uh, Godfrey back because we know we can play a bit a bit of a higher line with him, um, Godfrey. We see we seen it with like the situation where Bigfoot come out. I thought it was a bit of a mistake from Bigfoot, but only because Godfrey was running with him and I thought he was gonna mm-hmm. get back anyway. So yeah, I think in terms like that, maybe like that, and play like the diamonds. I think, I think the I ten, think, uh, I think the ten could be key between the lines yeah. against Burnley. I definitely, I agree with you because they're, they're that organised. That uh, there is, there's got to be some sort of chances, hasn't there? But we know how Burnley are going to play. I think that does benefit us in a way because we know what what we we know what we, we expect something from Burnley. Everyone does, and you know, as James said, the. Uh, he sort of pressed us a little bit at Turf Moor earlier in the season and, and we struggled a, a little bit in that game. Yeah, it str- we struggled a little bit in that game. So I think this is the opportunity to go. We know how Burnley are going to play. We know how they're going to set up. Um, Sean Dyche is a, a much more tactical manager than, than people let on. Uh, so there is a chance for us. I think there is going to be space between the lines. There might be, you know, a, a little bit of pace down the wings or through the middle can help us. Um, but as Tom mentioned there, Davis is, could be massive in this game because if he does play deep, he, not only is he, is he good at defending, he's very quick on the turn as well and he's shown that at, at Anfield. And, he gets us moving um, the right direction quicker, which I think we need to yeah, do that quicker. Yeah. Definitely. And without Abdullah Decore in the team, you miss that massively. You know, he's he's good at that. He's good at getting forwards and he's good at carrying the ball on the counter-attack and getting us out of our own penalty area. So Davis is going to have to do that role, but... Alan in there, I, I, I love I love watching Alan play for Everton. I think he's, he's brilliant. So, love to see him, uh, you know, have another good game against Burnley because he was fantastic against West Brom. And I don't think he necessarily had a, had a bad game against uh, Chelsea either. No. Um, so, with that in mind, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, predictions, Tom? Oh, uh, uh, well, let's go 2 0 Everton. Calvin to get the ball for him. Oh, nice. Steve? Yeah, it's become a 
a sort of like a cliche on the channel that I always get asked my prediction seconds and I always seem to copy what the first person said. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, honestly, James, I did have a 2-0 in my head. I can see us going 1-0 up in the first half, defending it for the whole second half and winning a penalty in the 85th minute. Or, or basically the derby again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically the recital of the Merseyside derby, mate. Yeah, I can I can see that happening though. So I'm gonna go for two 0 to Everton and, and let's hope that's the score as well. Excellent. Yeah, I won't complain. I'm gonna go for the usual, you know, the typical Everton methods of late, and I'm gonna go for a one nil win. I think it's gonna be a, again, it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be a very ugly game, I think. You know, I think any supposed football expert would probably predict it'd be an ugly one, but yeah, I just like to think that will try. I'll say actually, I'll go with two one. I think you know, I think you know we might have a bit more joy, and I think they might get one as well. So I'm going to say two one. Yeah, it's uh, important not to uh, underestimate Burnley in this game because I, I watched I watched them a bit this season, and I think they're a really good team. I don't think they get enough yeah, credit. It shouldn't be that low down, so no, definitely not. Very good yeah, they're very good at winning points, James. That's uh, where we could come on stuff. But there's there's the point to remember as well. Burnley haven't got too much to play for, but I don't think that'll really affect them. I think Sean Dyche he wants to win all the games, doesn't he? That's that's that Burnley really. The Burnley away from the relegation yet, are they? So, I think that I think they're sitting about twelfth or thirteenth, maybe something like it's that. Still fifteenth, I think. Are they? Uh, points points wise, are the fairly away? Because no, they're, could they're, be not, a bit, you know, they're still only like they're about five clear. Yeah, I mean, this this is a massive game then for them, isn't it? I mean, it's a free hit for them. Like especially when you consider Everton's home home uh, record this season. It, it they they'll be they'll be right up for this. Um, listen, I'm just happy that it's not at twelve o'clock on a Saturday. Because you can just see yeah, it's a, a goal here, it's, it's a five thirty, isn't it? On Saturday. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Put that in your diaries, guys. Uh, five thirty PM on Saturday, Everton versus Burnley. We're going to wrap it up here anyway, guys. But for you listeners on the podcast, of course, we are going to wrap this podcast up with the classic quiz. We have got Tom on his debut on the Toffee Blues podcast up against Steve. We're going to be doing the usual match day squad quiz. We're going to have a fixture from the past and Tom and Steve will go head to head trying to name the members of the squad who played either from the start or off the bench. So we're going to I'll give Tom the opportunity to pick heads or tails when I toss the coin. Uh, you know, this is a, your debut, so let's... I've got I've I've got probably the worst memory in Everton history, so you should oh Tom listen mate. I, I think the last one of these I won was it was the reverse fixture back in whenever it was September October time. <laughs> um or and you know what it's always fit people's first time on the podcast they always lose. Well listen it, it a lot of the time you you sort of put uh, Everton's history at the back of your head because it's been that bad. So trying to raise it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So, Tom? Tails never fails. Go on. Tails never fails. And it hasn't failed. It's a tails, Tom. <laughs> uh, you get to pick. Do you want to go first or second in this match day squad quiz? Um, 
I'll, I'll let Steve go first, go on. Yeah, you call it, call yeah. it well for you by the looks of it. It's yeah. always it's always my tactic if I win, because you, <laughs> you get a nice reminder of the team, don't you? That's it. You let someone else go first, just give you a little, like, also let you find your feet. But with that in mind, I'm going to have Steve go your first. Time to cue the intense quiz music. There it is. We are going to... Very intense. Very intense. Uh, yeah, we're going to reveal the fixture in question. And on a on a show where we have been looking ahead to Everton's next home fixture against Burnley, we're going back to Everton's first home fixture against Burnley of the Premier League era. Everton versus Burnley, 2-0 win, 28th of December, 2009. Uh, you're up first, Steve. You've got 11 starters... And two used substitutes to choose from 13 players. Here we go, Steve. I think I remember this game. Uh, I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna take the easy way. I'm gonna go for Tim Howard. <laughs> you took mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. It's just I can't go out. I always go out on the first or second question. I can't. Cool. Lucky this time, Steve, you'd be shocked to know Tim Howard played the full game. And you're not going out after, after one question. Yeah. Tom? Um, 2009. I mean, oh, I'll, I'll go for this then. And you've lost it. Oh. There's no Sylvan this time at all. No, when was it's this always time? a tough one. Always, he, he was in the he was in the squad that year, but it's always. Under Moyes, he never really had. If it was Jag, it, I, Terry always tells me Heitinger never plays with Jagielka, and Jagielka never. It was it's strange. There's always one missing, and I always lose on a centre back. Oh, Honestly, I always do. Yeah, this was a yeah, crazy year for this, where we were constantly sort of swapping between centre back pains. But this was a pinnacle of a re, uh, a really bad injury crisis. Actually, oh. this time wasn't fit. Uh, so yeah. that means Steve wins the quiz, but we always go on anyway and we try and finish off the team between us. Uh, so Steve, you can go again, mate, with the win already in hand. Yeah. Uh, I think we lost the game, didn't we, James? I think we lost 2 0. No, we won 2 0. Oh, we won 2 0. <laughs> why do I think we lost? I don't know why I think we lost that one. Uh, I'll go for Stephen Pienaar. Yep, Stephen Pienaar played the full game and he scored one of the goals. My goal, yeah? Yep, go ahead. I'll just... Uh, Baines. Yep, Leighton Baines played the full game. Oh, man, I, don't I, that's, I, I took yeah. a risk. I took a risk. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> Tom, the amount of times I've, I've done that, I remember doing it in my first ever quiz, which is a Leeds one. And guessing centre backs, it's always like a hard. Especially with Moyes, centre backs are extremely hard to get with Moyes teams for some reason when you, you don't expect it. Um, so Bainsey's been mentioned. I'll go for. I'm not because sure, you said it's in the middle of an injury crisis. Uh, was Louis Sahar in the team? Louis Sahar was not in the team. Fair enough. Probably one of the injuries. 2009, Mitchell Baines there. Oh, Kale? Yeah, Tim Kale played 60 minutes of this game. <sighs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go for, hopefully, Tony Hibbert. 
Yep, Tony ever played the full game. Oh, Tony ever. Um, strikers in 2009. This was the season where we had the 85 commemorative kit, wasn't it, with the big V on the front? Do you know what? Yep. Seeing as though Steve mentioned them, I'm going to stay. Heitinger. Heitinger did play the full game. <laughs> See, it's always a hard one. If you, honestly, you'd never... Honestly, Tom, you'd never guess Johnny Eitinger, would you? Because no, it's, a, it's a risky no. one. It's I, a ris- I, you know, you know yeah. he plays a lot. You know he plays a lot for Everton, but you can never guess him and be a hundred percent sure hating it. It's always, I, a, it's always a weird one. I always, I always thought I knew was like a third centre back. Like just, I don't know why. It's just always there. But yeah, I think this as well, James. I think this was a, a few weeks before we signed like Lucas Neal, and I don't think he would have been in the team because I think he signed in the January. So another. So we haven't actually had a centre-back apart from Heitinger yet, have we? We haven't got the other one. Uh, I'll try and complete the back four. I'll say Phil Jagielka. No, Phil Jagielka was still missing oh. his duty injury. Oh, yeah, he was out the of the cent- cup final, the cent- wasn't he? I'll give you the little clue, Steve. The centre-back signed on a free transfer in September 2009 and left in the January and you assumed that he'd signed in the January. Just oh, was it? Ne- oh, it wasn't, was it? Is it actually? Yeah. Oh, and then he left for West Ham, I think, didn't he? Or oh, something like that, yeah. But done a year for about six months. But this was in the midst of that period, and he played centre half in this game. Yeah. You know what? You're just talking there, right? I don't even have a clue you're on about. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you- I, I'm gonna go for Sheena's Dolkale. Fellaini? Yep, Fellaini played the full game. Yeah, uh, seeing as you've given me one there, James, I've now got a bit of Everton trivia. This must be the only game, one of the only games in history where Everton started two Australian players in the same team. Uh, Lucas Neal. And Kale, yeah. Mm. That's a very good point, actually. Never, um, never even thought about stuff like that. Strikers yeah. in 2009. A bit in mind, Saha was injured as well. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I don't know whether he left. I don't know whether he left though, but I'll go for it. You've got a Kubu. Yeah, yeah, Kubu started it. I didn't know whether he did he leave that that, the end of that season. No, the end of the season after, I think. Oh, was he? he No, I think he was there, you know, 11 12. I think that was his last season. Was he? Yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was, I knew it was around that time. He let like 10 11. I I knew it was around there. You've got to remember it's it's with it's hard guessing strikers because uh, Moyes had a knacker playing Fellaini up front with Kyle just off him, and we yeah, had played two midfielders up front. So I mean, when you when you're rattling them off and trying to work out formation, <laughs> yeah, there was that's the beauty of the Moyes. You never know what position people are going to play in. Yeah. No, uh, so I'm hesitant to guess another striker because I think I don't think we'd have played two strikers. Uh, you'd be right to you'd be right to guess that. Yeah, because I don't think Joe... I think Joe was still at the club, but he probably had an injury, didn't he? I think he no, signed he'd, permanently for the year. He'd had, he just had the fallout to let him get binned. Ah, right, OK. Seamus Coleman wasn't wasn't there because he... I think he was on loan at Blackpool. Coleman was actually on the bench, but was unused. Ah, right, OK. And Billy Electinov, yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, let's see how many we've got left. You've got... Done your cube, we've done Fellaini. 
You got two more starters and one of the used substitutes to get. Yeah, I'll go for. I think you started on the right wing, Deniar Billyletinov. Yeah, Billyletinov started and played eighty-one minutes. Um, if Hibbert, if Hibbert's there, then I'm I think I might have me. I think I might have me last one here, and I think it might be the captain, Tom. Yeah, I, th- I think if I think if Hibbert's there, then. I'm assuming maybe he might have been on the bench. Uh, Osman? Osman was the final starter. Played the full game. Ah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, my guess would have been Phil Neville. And Phil but... Neville was one of the two you substitutes. <laughs> he came David, to... Moy- David Moyes played the game with Phil Neville not starting when he was fifth. That's unbelievable. That. It's incredible, isn't it? Phil yeah, Neville. Was... I can't imagine Phil Neville coming off the bench. I just can't imagine. Actually, it. I can because this again injury crisis. He was out injured for a while, and I think he's only just got ah, fit right. again. So right, Phil Neville right. came off the bench, replaced Tim Kale in the 60th minute. Uh, okay. One more player to get, and he was a used substitute. Came on for Billy Electon of 81st minute and scored our other goal. It's what? not. It's so rare that. The goal scorer, one of the goal scorers, is the last player on the list that he gets. Yeah, that is rare, actually, isn't it? Um, 2009. That's right. Um, we, we've, oh, we've said him, we've said Pina. Um, oh. I mean, was, was, was BT there? Oh, no. Nah. Well, 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 yeah. Bombed out of him. I, I was trying to rattle, rattle through strikers. Oh. I mean, that's hard. That. Is, this, is this, James, sorry, is this the home game or the away game? Home game. Yeah, because I think we lost the away game. We lost uh, the away game, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That's why I was getting mixed up. I thought it was a turf more. Um, right. Bring him on. We've got Pino, we've got Billy Lettinov. Was it Jack Rodwell? It wasn't Jack Rodwell. No. Was it Gosling? No. It wasn't Gosling. Just sound rattle through names, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, goal scorers. I'll go for. Probably a midfielder. Landon Donovan, or was he? Or was he not here yet? He didn't come until about a week or two later after this, but uh, it's ah, not a midfielder. It is a centre forward who came off the bench with a shade in the game. Oh, right. you... oh, could it be just an absolute randomer? Finds that this this guy is named. He features intermittently in Everton team during this era, and everyone forgets right. him. Um, okay, Andy, was it Andy Johnson? Wasn't Andy Johnson? I have. Uh, I'm trying to think who is it might be. Uh, Victor Anachibi? No, not Victor Anachibi. Oh, ah, uh, Vaughan. It was James Vaughan. <laughs> Tap it. Oh, this was. <laughs> this was uh, obviously, by this point, James Vaughan become say, a. Uh, James Vaughan by this point had become a bit of a notorious sick note, had me. And uh, I think oh, so obviously... as soon as he said Anachabi, it just banged me. Yeah. Well, James Vaughan was obviously <laughs> Anachabi again was 
still injured after that horrible tackle from Kevin Nolan the year before. That was, um, was that where it's, it, a sock just like blood everywhere in his sock, was it? I know that, that, that was that was Vaughan, but he severed an artery in his leg. Oh, yeah. But, and Achieves was the one where Kevin Nolan stamped on him. Oh, the studs, it was wrecked, it was, it was wrecked, honestly. But, um, Vaughan, this I think this was like obviously he had a good little stint before he started to get injured all the time, but then this was his only goal that season and his last for the club. Like, I think he went on loan a month later and never played for us again. So, you'd be forgiven for forgetting that he was in the team at this stage in his career. But he did get the winning goal, and then Pinar got second and had a time. So, it was. It's one of them. Just like I'd like to think our game's gonna go maybe at the weekend. It's gonna take a while to break them down, but we finally did. Uh could be a coincidence, couldn't it? Two 0 Maybe two it's nil. things to come. I like yeah. to think so. I'll take a two 0 any day, and you guys have predicted it. So uh fingers crossed. But stay, of course, you won the quiz. And Tom will get to know this tradition very regularly if he comes on the show. The winner of the quiz gets to pick the song. Which we put at the end of this podcast. Mm. What's going to see us out at the end of this one? Steve, you got a song to pick, mate. Uh, I'll go for Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Thank Fortunate Son, Creedence Clearwater Revival. There you go. Nice way to end the yeah. show. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in on Toffee yeah, Blues. Nice. Thanks to Tom for coming on for the first time. Great to have you on the show. Uh, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks Tom. No, yeah. Thanks thanks for uh, showing me up on the quiz. I really appreciate it, yeah. Don't you worry, mate. You're in a steam. <laughs> Honestly, mate, don't worry. <laughs> Honestly, mate, it's losing quiz in that yeah, kind of fashion. You're in very steam company on the yeah, show. I think, I think it's more terrifying that you've brought memories up of the fact that we had Heitinger and uh, Lucas Neal sent to the house. You can blame John for it's that. It's a scary game. So... <laughs> uh, but yeah honestly yeah. Uh, it's been great to have you on and uh, hopefully it definitely won't be the last time and we'll have you on and maybe you'll win the quiz next time who knows yeah let's hope so all for one but you know you got to get up haven't you from your first professional defeat so yeah. we'll go again back up and go again uh, but thanks so much for coming on to- on Tom and we go on like, it's great to see you again too cheers cheers lads yeah well of course Steve wins the quiz and We'll see you out with Creedence Clearwater Revival. And thank you for tuning in on the Toffee Blues. We'll see you next time.